When I was a kid, I had this huge issue with fear, especially in elementary school. And some of you know this about me, but when I was in elementary school, I had recurring nightmares through a lot of it. Have you guys ever had a recurring nightmare, anybody? It is, it is the worst, it is the worst. You don't know when it's gonna come. And when it does, it just leaves you um, completely terrified. And my particular night terrors um, happen in a way that I mean, I would wake up and my body would shake with fear. And, and what the recurring dream was, I, I would just dream that I was in the woods running and I would end up getting mauled and killed and eaten by a bear. Like just graphic and terrible. And um, it was just one of those things that, that continued to haunt me. And, and I remember waking up when I'd get out of bed and um, out of the night terror and I'd just be sitting there shaking and I'd be all sweaty and my heart would be pounding and I'd be out of breath and I would just be wide-eyed and terrified. And fear in itself, I think that's, that's the image that, that's the goal that the enemy wants, wants from us, is for us to feel wide-eyed, terrified, and shut down, kind of in the fetal position. I think there's a lot of us out there that walk around um, in our hearts, and that's what we really look like. We walk around, we have smiles on and everything, but deep down, we are terrified, and we um, have that in us. And tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk about fear. And I think that God is going to liberate um, some of us here tonight. And I think that God is going to do something amazing. And I believe that God was already working in our hearts during worship. And so what I want to do first is I just want to bring him into the room again and invite him into this, uh, this portion of the service. Uh, so let's, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, God. God, we thank you for, for being in here um, with us. Your word says you are with us right now, God. So I just pray that Jesus, that our eyes can be opened, our ears can be opened, and Lord, that we can um, be ready to receive what you, um, the truth that you have um, for us, God. Right now, already, I just bind the spirit of fear and I cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father God, I just ask you for your peace and for your love and for your joy. In your heavenly name, God, amen. So fear is what we're talking about tonight. And I think that fear, what it does to us and, and how it traps us, um, it's very sneaky. And I think it, a lot of it works um, in, the un, in the unseen, in, in, in the depths of our hearts and in the, in the depths of our minds. It clouds our minds with worry and anxiety and its ultimate goal for us is to shut us down. And when I was... Um, when I was, you know, going through my, my night terrors, I'd always go through like these different things of what you're supposed to do with a bear. And you're supposed to play dead, which I think is super silly because a, a bear's like, that's a wonderful performance, but I'm starving, <laughs> right? Like you're just sitting there just playing dead and it still eats you. But um, I think that what fear wants us to do is basically get us to play dead. And I think that fear wants to bring death to parts of our life, particularly who God says you are and who you are meant to be. And I believe that's, that's the essence of what fear does. And the truth is that until we face our fear, cast it away, we'll be trapped by it, crippled by it, and weighed down by it. Tonight, I want to look at three truths about fear that can set us free and protect us from the attack of the devil. The first truth I want to look at tonight is the truth of the battle unseen. The truth of the battle unseen. I think a lot of the time that, that what fear does is it, it isn't just visual. There's a lot of it that happens in our mind and worry in our mind and anxiety. But the truth is that there is a battle going on all around us all the time. One of the most believed lies that Satan tries to convince us of is that he doesn't exist. And there's a large portion of Christ followers, people that call themselves Christians across the nation that don't exactly believe that Satan exists. 
And it, it's crazy to think about. And I think that um, here at 4640, we preached on it enough that, that you know that, that he exists. But if you believe that there's a God, then you gotta believe there's, there's this flip side of that too. There's the opposite of God. There's, there's, God wants the best possible thing for you. And the devil, the enemy, wants the worst possible thing. He's an accuser, he's a deceiver, he's a brutal enemy, and he wants the opposite of what God wants. First Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The Apostle John goes on to say that Satan's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But fear not, because if that's the devil's purpose, Jesus says my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Tonight, I believe that God was gonna liberate us from multiple different fears in our life, but I also believe that God is gonna reveal his purpose for you to, to have a rich and a satisfying life. And I believe that is on the, that, that's at the tip of our fingers every second of every day. But there is an enemy out there for sure. Now, Ephesians 6 talks about the, who we're fighting. Uh, verse 12 says, for we're not fighting against the flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So we're getting weird tonight, everybody. We're, get, we're getting weird tonight, okay? Will you guys get weird with me tonight? We're gonna, we're gonna get a little sci-fi-y tonight. Um, what Paul is saying right here is that there's another world out there. There's a spiritual realm. A sp the heavenly places is how he calls it. And we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not, we're not fighting against other people or bears, okay? We are fighting against, we're fighting against the, the evil forces of the unseen world. Paul's like opening uh, our minds to that there is something a little bit greater out there, something more. Uh, the book of Revelations, first, if you, if anybody, does anybody like sci-fi stuff in here? Anybody? I love Lord of the Rings, personally, but when I read Revelations, that book is bonkers. That book is nuts, all right? Um, if you haven't read it, I see it's a good read. You're gonna have a lot of questions. I'm not, I'm not gonna have all the answers, that's for sure. Um, but for sure, read a gospel before you get into it. Uh, you, need to know, you need to know who Jesus is and, and kind of what they're talking about. But Revelations maps out what the battle around us looks like in Revelations 12, 7 and 9. And this is what it says. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. First of all, like the kid in me is like, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. The dragon lost the battle. He and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. That's what it looks like around us all the time. <laughs> Isn't that crazy to think about? That's crazy to think about, but that, that, that's actual reality. That, that, that's the reality. When, when God created everything in Genesis, it says he created the heavens and the earth. It doesn't say like, Earth is just for the humans, and that's it. Like, this maps that, that Satan fell with demons, which are the fallen angels, right? And the angels will battle them. And it, it's this constant thing that surrounds us. And Satan's constantly trying to throw out the lie that he's not a threat. Satan's constantly trying to throw out the lie that it's no big deal. You don't need to worry about that stuff. And in fact, I do believe that we don't need to worry about it, but we do need to be aware of it. I think those are two different things. We don't need to have worry in our hearts because God calls, doesn't call us to have that in our hearts, but he does, I believe, 
want us to be spiritually aware of our surroundings. And I think as children of God, that carries a lot of weight with it. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus says this, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. That should pump you up a little bit. Now, I don't want you to go barefoot out in the desert and try and step on snakes and stuff, okay? That's not what I'm trying to say. What Jesus is saying here is he's basically saying you have authority over all of the evil stuff, all that evil stuff, all the enemy in the unseen world. And I believe in in this world too, like if there's legit evil, because we are sons and daughters of, of Christ, of God, we got authority. So we are to fear not. We are to fear not. The second truth that we need to know tonight is the truth of our fight that's unseen. So we have our battle that's unseen. Now we're aware to that. And I believe that God calls us to play a part in the battle that is unseen as well. And I think maybe some of the guys, like the little boy in you are just like, yeah, like let's get some giant like bazookas and stuff. And like, girls, you should know that you are powerful as well. And if this doesn't stir you, I hope that it does. I hope that the spirit of God that lives in you that's greater than the one in the world can, can start really churning and, and stir up in you because we have a, a fight. We have a place in the fight and the unseen. Now, the specific um, part of the fight that I want to talk about tonight is about the spirit of fear because I think Satan tries to throw the spirit of fear at us in multiple different ways. One of those ways is a fear of the future or the unknown. It always attacks your purpose in life. I mean, how many of you have ever like, how many of you guys are seniors right now? Seniors. Are you guys a little worried about what's going to happen next year? A little bit, right? Like, that's a common thing. Whenever you're in a transition period, you're like, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like? What what am I going to do with my life? I almost ask that on the daily, Uh, especially when my daughter poops all over the floor. We're potty training her. And I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? But the, there's some fear of the future in my life. I need, to, I need some of this too. But what I'm talking about is that, that deep, that deep like almost ache, that, that, that worrisome thing that gets into your heart when you start worrying about, man, what's going to happen tomorrow? Like what's going to happen? Maybe it's a conversation with mom that you don't know how it's going to go tomorrow. Or, or maybe it, it's something deeper. I don't know if my parents are going to get divorced this year or not. It's been on the table for like a year. Like it can be deep-rooted. It can be short-term or long-term. Satan's gonna try and put that fear um, inside of this. And what happens is, that why I, I wanted to explain this unseen battle is because in this battle, in this place, he, Satan is always trying to gain influences into our life where he can place these thoughts. Because it's, sometimes it's like, why, why am I playing the what-if game for like two hours? All of a sudden, because Satan is, is whispering stuff. He's the, the, the enemy, the, the, the dark one is trying to get some influence into our life. And fear of the unknown, all that goes with what Satan's trying to do is get you to not trust God with what God knows. God knows your future. He does. Trust God to take the unknown and not get chained to the purposes that the enemy wants. Because remember, I, I, I keep getting that, that image of, of me at, in third grade, just like, just curled up in bed in terror. And I think that sometimes when we think of our future, we can be that way. And that's the ultimate goal of fear, is to gain that influence in our life to be able to do that when we're thinking about the future. But fear not. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of the most commonly um, said verses says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So suck it, Satan. 
right there. I mean, that should cast that fear out. And this is part of the battle that we are called to fight, is that when we get into that place where we are like, I am overwhelmed with worry, with anxiety, and inside my spirit is cringing. Well, I'm gonna let the truth of God loose in Satan's face and he can't do anything about it. Fear not. Fear not. Another fear that Satan tries to gain influence into our life is the fear of rejection. Have you ever been in a situation where you covered up something about yourself because you were worried about what other people think? I mean, th this happened all the time in elementary school. Elementary is rough for me, but I was, <laughs> I was super chubby in elementary school, so I wore like extra baggy clothes so you couldn't see like my curves. But then I, then, then I, I didn't get the whole idea that if you wear extra baggy clothes, you look bigger anyway. <laughs> and so, and then when the wind hits you just right, it's terrible, right? And so, but I constantly was trying to, co to cover up things about myself because I didn't know what other people were thinking. Have you ever been on like fantasy land where you're trying to guess what other people may or may not be thinking? That's crazy town. Like, and I've been, I'm in there in the daily. Like, I have to continually remove myself from that place because how am I supposed to know what anybody else is thinking? That's not for me to know. That's not for me to know. But again, we can go back to God's word and we can throw it in Satan's face. And Ephesians 1 and 4 says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. You were chosen before the foundation of the world. God chose you. I believe that Jesus looked down from the cross and he said, I choose you and you and you and you and every single person on this planet. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Jesus would die for you. So it doesn't matter what anybody else think. It doesn't matter what they think at all. Suck it, Satan, right? Fear not, fear not. Now, I want to spend a majority of my time on this last part because it's so, uh, it's so great in the season right now, but it's fear of the supernatural. Now, some of the, the fears I talked about really happen on the inside, um, and all of the battle things that I'm going to talk about a little bit later can be applied to any part of the spirit of fear. But in this season especially, I think Satan wants a legitimate, very clear invitation into your life through the spirit of fear. And now, how are we going to be like, yeah, come on in, Satan. That, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. We're not going to say that sort of stuff. But see, Satan's tricky with it. And one of these things that he does um, is in the spirit of Halloween, all right? Now, don't tune me out right now, okay? Because I'm about to throw some truth knowledge in your face brains, and it's going to be awesome, okay? Now, when I was in college, I worked at a haunted corn maze. I worked at a haunted corn maze. And I was the, like, the turkey in the, in the corn. I would hide in the cornfield with the glow-in-the-dark mask and a chainsaw that didn't have a chain on it. And I'd just rip that thing up, and I'd come screaming out, like that, and I would watch people pee themselves. <laughs> I legitimately could count like, how many people pee themselves a night. Like They were just terrified. And, I, and looking back, I cannot believe I did that. Like, and I thought it was funny, and I think there's a lot of that pull because, like, it's like that curiosity that wants you because you don't know when you're going to get scared and, and you know all that stuff. But the purpose, a lot of the purpose of this stuff in Halloween is, the purpose of it is to incite fear. And what that is, if the spirit of fear is evil, which it absolutely is, then we're just asking Satan to come on into our life. We're giving him direct access and direct influence into the parts in our life. And I understand that it's silly to just like think that little stuff like that can happen. But remember, there's this unseen battle and Satan is gonna do anything to steal, to kill, and to destroy and to incite fear. 
in us. So I'm going to talk about a couple of the, the popular things to do um, in, in this type of season right now in Halloween season and all that stuff. And I'm also going to talk about the fun stuff because candy's awesome and I like candy. Um, but first thing I want to talk about is horror movies. All right, horror movies, I get it. Like, it is like a trend right now. You can go to Redbox and they crank them out all year. I don't even understand like how many Sharknado and all that stuff, but they, but they put the demonic twist on it and it's crazy. It's crazy all the like the C and B movies that you can get that are just like Sally's possessed here and then Jilly's possessed there and it just gets ridiculous. It's crazy. What horror movies do, especially the ones that are focused on the demonic, um, is it, it immediately you start opening your mind only to the negative part of the spiritual atmosphere. And you invite in that, and the stuff that they write in those movies, like, you know, like the weird Latin stuff that you don't understand. It's like, oh, it's just Latin. Like that could be a, like a, a demon's name or legitimate spell from a witch's book. That stuff's real, y'all. Remember we're getting weird tonight? Like that stuff has legitimate, like negative things that can happen into your life. And so when you're thinking about watching a horror movie, you, you need to think again because you could just be opening that door. Now, for me, once I learned this truth, I was like, well, I am, I'm not watching anything. And that's okay to do as well. If you like that thriller, if you like the jumpy movies, like you can branch out into that stuff, but you have to be very careful. If anything has anything demonic, no. Anything demonic. There's a movie that came out a couple of years ago called The Gray, and it's like got Liam Neeson, and I thought he was gonna throat chop a bunch of wolves, but the wolves ended up eating him. Sorry, I ruined it for you. But like, it's... It's super jumpy. It's super jumpy. And that's like, that's fine. Like the wolves never talked. They just barked. <laughs> like it, it was okay, right? Um, if you want wolves that talk, just watch Twilight. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I don't know. The, you should just, just don't watch Twilight. It's just not a good movie. Um, but horror movies are bad, all right? Horror, that's my, my basis. It's like, if you are opening anything up into your home. And, and a lot of this has to do with shows. I'll, I'll talk about this show, Supernatural. How many of you guys have ever watched that? Man, I used to love that show. And then I learned this stuff. Like that stuff is super, super bad because you're opening that door to the demonic into your life. Um, so anything with demons, anything about possessions. Um, I mean, and honestly, listen to your heart and your spirit. You have the spirit of God that lives in you. And that spirit of God will be like, no, please no, stop, don't do it, turn it off. Like it, the spirit of God says that stuff. All right, so listen to that spirit in your heart. Um, something else, Ouija boards. Ouija boards, um, man, they are all over and they come out during this, this season and everything like that. What a Ouija board does is you're inviting a demon into your room to move a little glass so it tells you a special message about yourself. That sounds crazy, but that's, that's really what it is. That's really what it is. And if you guys have done this stuff before, don't act, like, please don't misunderstand my tone of like, I can't believe you did that. Like there's grace for you that if you didn't know what you're doing and God covers that and God is so after your heart right now, he wants freedom for you and God wants good things for you. So don't misunderstand this as like, a, I'm harping on you. I'm just letting you know. Cause when this stuff, when I heard this stuff, it rocked my world and it changed a lot of my lifestyle. And I started cutting off access to the devil in my life, all right? So Ouija boards are not good. That's inviting a demon straight into the place you are um, to come mess with you, basically. Any summonings, um, any incantations, if you go over to a party and they're like, place this candle here, here, and here in this chalk line of the star, don't run. Like, just get out. Get out, okay? If you don't understand what's going on in the spiritual atmosphere, you, get, you, just, you just don't. 
Just, just get out. I think that's the, that's the smartest thing to do. Um, if you have any questions on any of this stuff, please come talk to any of us staff. We will gladly tell you more because there's always like, well, what about this and that and this and that? But like the biggest thing I can tell you to help you is listen to the spirit of God inside of you. If, you expect, if you've accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, a third of God lives in you. He loves to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. And he'll tell you if it's a go or if it's a no-go. All right, and listen to that. And I think the more that you do that, then you're inviting God into your life, which starts changing your atmosphere for the better. Um, haunted houses, all right, same sort of thing, or haunted corn mazes. If there's a haunted section of a corn maze, anything like that, like don't, don't get into that stuff. You're, you're, in, you're inviting fear into your life at that point. Um, I mean, if you want a, a nice scare, then just like, we'll play hide and seek in here and I'll jump out and scare you or something like that, <clears throat> which I do like to do, huh, Brandon? <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize for that. Um, something else that some of you may or may not know, Harry Potter. You guys, did you guys know that Harry Potter was bad? Man, that rocked my face off. I was like, no way, Harry? Not Harry, Harry's a hero. But Harry Potter, the author, was a practicing witch, Wiccan, right? Something like that, she's a witch. And so the, all the, the names of characters and the spells were out of a book of black magic. And so I, like, this is how sneaky Satan is. This is the unseen battle. Is Satan has like, I mean, there's a section in Disney World that's dedicated to Harry Potter. And there's little kids running around with wands saying like these bad things. It's crazy town. He's super sneaky and super deceitful, but fear not because of, God is so much more powerful. And Jesus says you can tread over evil and you have authority over the unseen and over the devil because the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave lives in you, lives in you. So Harry Potter is something else that is not good. Um, there's various other things. If you ever have a question about something, just ask, ask us. You can uh, message us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or, or come talk to us, pastors, anything like that. And if we don't know the answer, we will go find the answer and, and let you know because we don't want you guys going, getting into any of that stuff either. Something else I'll mention very quickly, horoscopes. Horoscopes is like the stars will tell you your purpose for life. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it is. And I'm just like... God made the stars and he made you. The only person who knows your purpose is the one that made you. And so you can ask him. You can ask him about it. So that, that's, that's particular to this season. But I want to focus on is this unseen word a little bit more. Now, how do we fight back? And can we fight back? What's our purpose in this fight? Um, Ephesians 6 is a very um, awesome chapter. And it talks about um, this, this, the idea of, of battling in the unseen world. And Paul uh, uses some really awesome imagery in here. Um, verse in, ver in chapter 6, verse 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, pray in the spirit is something that's a little controversial in, in uh like the, the, the Christian circles itself. But basically what that is and what I know and what we know it to, to be true and what the Bible teaches it to be is, is praying um, in basically what we, what we like to call a prayer language or praying in tongues. And what that is, if you're not familiar with it, I'm gonna do a quick definition. If you're more curious, please ask us again. Um, anybody ask me after service or, or any of our staff pastors. But what that is, is that that's the spirit of God praying a perfect prayer straight to God through you. And so it's literally audible, you can hear it, but like it changes the atmosphere because it's, the, it's, 
it's this voice of God from inside of you. I mean, it's your spirit. It's your spirit praying a perfect prayer to God. It's completely heavenly. It's a heavenly language. And man, like the supernatural can hear it. Like when I feel like something's wrong in the atmosphere, I immediately start praying in my prayer language. It's like my go-to. And there's, there's been times in, in, I'll just tell this story very quickly, but um, some of us on, on staff at 4640, we went to um, various like campuses and, and, and stuff at school properties around town. And we would sense some, some things, some demonic things. And we would, just, we would just start praying and doing battle there. And, and, and using your prayer language is a great weapon that you have um, to, to be able to immediately start um, turning the atmosphere into one that is, is soaked with the spirit of God opposed to anything else. And it's fun getting into that sort of stuff because you're focused on God and it's God-centered. Um, it's, it's really, really awesome. The second thing I want to tell you about your fight back is there's power in the name of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Y'all just changed the room just a little bit, not a little bit. Every time you say Jesus, every time you say his name, every knee bows. Philippians 2, 9 and 10 says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I try and make that the most used name in my day out loud. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If I don't know what to pray, I just say Jesus because I'm changing stuff. Every knee's bowing around me in the spiritual realm when I say Jesus' name. All right, so if you are feeling some, some attack or something like that, and what I did earlier, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind the spirit of fear and I cast it away. You ask things in Jesus' name, they shall be done. And James 4, 7 says, humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil. When we say Jesus' name, that's us humbling ourselves, knowing that every knee bows in Jesus' name, and we're saying that. And something I love about Jesus is I don't think that Jesus ever reacted to Satan, but he always responded to the Father. Like he always responded to the Father, the things that Jesus said and the things that he prayed, even when he was in the desert being tempted by Satan himself, everything Jesus said was God-centered. He never reacted to the devil and said, you're a and he starts like cussing out the devil. No, he said, this is what, this is what God says. So we respond to the Father through Jesus. That's what he taught. That's how he taught it. And so when we're in this battle, we're not reacting to what Satan does. I'm responding to what God wants me to do in the room. I'm responding to what God wants me to do in the room. We pray powerfully and boldly in the name of Jesus. We take um, control of fear, cast it out. Because you have spiritual authority as a son or a daughter of God to cast out um, spirits and all that stuff. I mean, I know this can sound crazy if this is the first time you're hearing it, but like, try it. There's, there's, I mean, there's very low risk. <laughs> I mean, like, you're gonna, you're gonna say the name of Jesus in the room and you're literally bringing him into the atmosphere that you are in, into the room that you're in. The last truth that we need to know tonight is this the truth of the good that's unseen. We talked a lot about the bad. We talked about the spirit of fear and everything like that. And we talked about how like there's a lot of the supernatural that you're not supposed to get into around Halloween. Now, candy is awesome, all right? That's not supernatural. That is heavenly, I believe. And I think that eating a Snickers is a little bit of heaven on earth for me. And see how heavenly I am? 
okay? <laughs> like, there's a lot of good stuff you can do um, in, 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 in this Halloween season. Like, hanging out with your friends and fellowship, that's awesome. Like, like, just hanging out and joking around, not watching a demonic movie together. Like, you, like there's a lot of things that you can do that are totally healthy. And we encourage, I mean, go trick-or-treating with, um, you know, your, your, your little brother, little sister, whatever it is. Or if you guys just want to go to get free candy, I went as long as I could. I think I was like 23 the last time I went. Um, and now my daughter's going to go this year. I'm addressing up. <clears throat> all right. But when I talk about the good, all right, the good of the unseen, because the pull during the season, culture says, to experience the supernatural. And if all you hear from us is don't even go to the supernatural at all. Don't even think about what's going on out there like during the season. Just like stay in, like just do, do, do what you're supposed to do. Then we're back to square one with neglecting to acknowledge that there's stuff around us that we're, that's happening in the unseen world, in the spiritual realm. And it's at work everywhere around us. And the truth is, there's so much more good in the unseen than there is the bad. There's so much more good in the spiritual realm than there is bad. First John 4b says, the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. I'm not telling you to stray away from the supernatural, quite the opposite. I'm telling you, let's jump in. Let's jump in all the way to the one who created it all who created the heaven and earth. Let's jump into his supernatural world. Let's jump into the presence of God as often as possible. Let's jump into what he's doing in whatever room we're in. Jesus ascended, he's seated at the right hand and the Holy Spirit is living in you. Our Father God is a supernatural being and he is all about you. He wants every inch of you. He's trying to cover you in love. He's constantly pursuing you. He wants every bit of you. And the more we can open ourselves up to that reality, the more our heart is gonna change for the, for the better. What we do in the physical, I believe that it happens in the spiritual as well. When we pray in the spirit, we're praying the heavenly language that only God knows. So I say it's time, let's jump in. Let's take a stand and fear not. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. What we do here at 4640, worship God, it's not just words that echo off these walls. It's words that echo off the throne room of God. Every time we say it, every prayer you pray in the, in the privacy of your bedroom echoes off the throne room of God, echoes off Jesus's own ears, where he is then praying to God on our behalf. Every single time you hit your knees and you are crying before the Lord, those tears are falling on the throne room of God. Those things that we do in the privacy in our hearts, in public, when we're out, when we're, we're showing Jesus's light, that is changing your supernatural environment around you. The things that you do, I just, I'm telling you, you are supernatural. You are not part of this world. You're just in it. Because one day our eternity is going to be next to Jesus in unrelenting and all-pursuing love for eternity. Why wait till we die? Let's jump in now. Let's jump in now. So what I want to do is I wanna give us some practicals of how this kind of looks. And one of the best ways um, that we can change ourselves in the spiritual <laughs> realm, we're getting weird, I love it. All right, change, our, change, change who we are in there is putting on what we call the spiritual armor of God. 
How many guys were, have you, anybody grew up in church and you learned about the armor of God? And it's just like, it's this fun thing where you put a helmet on and a belt and stuff like that. So much more than that. So I remember I grew up in the Lutheran church and yeah, we learned about the armor of God. And it was just like, Carrie does little paper swords and stuff like that. You have a sword in the spirit. And it's sharp and it cuts through the enemy. You do. You have a helmet that's just yours. You have armor that's yours. God gives you blessings in these things. So what we're actually gonna do is we're gonna put on the armor of God. And so I want everybody to stand up. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. And by the end of this, I hope that, my, my, my prayer is that you feel pretty dangerous. All right, pretty dangerous. <clears throat> Let's jump into some scripture. Ephesians 6. This is straight out of the Bible. It's not like I'm like, I got this from the textbook of being a pastor. Um, I guess I did. It is the Bible. <laughs> so fair enough. All right. Ephesians 6, chapter 10, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. To stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. How many of you guys are sports players in here? Anybody play sports? Yeah? How many of you guys have just like, after whatever you competed in, and to marching band totally counts because I carried a tuba for a while and I was sore the next day. All right, <clears throat> but how many of you guys have just been exhausted after a game or, or your competition, right? What this is saying is that you can come up against the attack of Satan himself and you'll still be strong. This is how powerful your armor is, that you will still be firm after, after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground, put it on the belt of truth, all right? So this is what I do in the morning, and we're gonna go through it, um, through the verse. I literally go, belt of truth, belt of truth, just like that. I act like I put a big old utility belt on like Batman's like, better than Batman's belt, right? But I want you guys to think in the spirit, I mean, literally the belt of truth. And what, tr what, what, it, what does the truth mean? The truth means like that you're able to, to walk in truth, to see truth. They're able to, to speak the truth. You're able to, to be in truth because Satan is called the father of lies. So what holds all of our outfit together is truth. And the truth shall set you free. All right, so... Put it, stand firm, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. So however you want to imagine body armor to go on, I like imagine it going on like, put it on like that, clip it on the side. But that's, it's how you do it, all right? Seriously, put it on, come on. Let's get weird. Put on that body armor, all right? Body armor righteousness, all right? Body armor righteousness. This is about who you are. You are righteous. You are righteous. You are worth it. You are the right person for the job. You have God's righteousness that protects your heart. And you are bulletproof. You're bulletproof with that body armor on, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that so you'll be fully prepared. I'm like, I'm putting on my peace slippers, all right? Or, or your battle boots. I mean, you think about what, what you want it to be. And this is a wonderful journey to go on with God is to do this every single day because he reveals things about it. So I, I put on my, my, my shoes of peace. And my shoes of peace, I'm not gonna step out of line in anger or frustration. I'm not gonna step out in um, reaction, but I'm gonna step in response to the Father 
and on his path for my life. Shoes of peace. They're also dancing shoes, just so you knew. All right, peace from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. All right, shield of faith. So I just, I'm a, I'm a righty, so the shield's on my left arm. All right, and when Paul was looking at this, it's like a door shield, all right? Uh, a Roman door shield, which is giant, giant, giant shield. And it's to stop the fiery arrows of Satan. Sometimes Satan just tries to throw little daggers at you and these arrows that'll sting, but you have that shield and the faith that you know that God is stronger than anything that can come against you. God is bigger. He is, he, he's the God of limitless power, of impossibilities, and he will continue to, to shield you from all of those lies and all of that doubt and I indeed fear as well. All right, that's the shield. Put on salvation as your helmet. All right, so I'm like, put it on. Now, this is something I love about the helmet. The helmet, you can always identify a soldier by what kind of helmet he has on. Like you go through all the wars of the past and everything like that, like the, the, the Nazis, you knew what kind of helmets they had. The Americans, you knew what kind of helmets they had. Like all the way back, Sparta, like I don't know if they really had that Mohawk thing. That'd be sweet if they did. But like you knew. And I think in the spiritual realm, when you put your helmet of salvation on, everybody in the spirit knows that's a child of God. And he's armored up. She's armored up. She is not to be touched. He is not to be messed with the seal of Christ on our forehead when we put our, our helmet of salvation on, I mean, man, that pumps me up. I'm like, suck it, Satan. You know, you know who I'm fighting for. You know who I'm fighting for right now. Salvation is your helmet and sword of the spirit. All right, so I un unsheath my sword, um, which is the word of God. Now, the sword is the offensive weapon. I do believe that you can probably punch someone in the face with a shield, but in, the, in this case, you have um, your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is what Jesus used. He responded to the Father with the word of God um, to refute the enemies from the devil, all right? It's your Bible. Read it. Get to know it. How, how are warriors valiant and really awesome? They practice. They train. And when you're training with the scriptures, when you're training with the Bible, I mean, it's so easy because you can get on your phone and you can put the Bible app on it and you can put a, a Bible reading plan and then boom, you have, you, you have your training with the sword, the sword of the spirit, the sharpest sword out there. This, I want to end with this psalm, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fear not. I want everybody to close their eyes. We're going we're gonna to keep standing because I believe that this is kind of like a warrior posture. We're standing in, in, in battle. You should feel dangerous with your armor on. Jesus, we love you, God. And I ask you right now that as we, as we put this armor on, as we're, we're talking to you saying, we, Jesus, we put on the belt of truth and the shoes of peace and the breastplate of righteousness and the, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. God, I pray that we can feel dangerous that we can feel dangerous, God, that we have the same spirit that rose, 
you, Jesus, from the grave lives inside of us. And that when fear comes against us, when fear starts creeping in that we are gonna be afraid of our future, no, we will not because you have given us a future for a hope and, and, and for your glory, God. Your glory will shine through me. And, and, and when fear comes against us, when, when those arrows come against us and, and that we might, we might have that fear of rejection of what other people think, no, no longer. I will not be rejected, Lord, for you have chosen me long before the earth began and you paid the price for me because I'm worth it. And these people, these, these children, these warriors, these, these wonderful people of you, God, these, these, these children of you, God, are worth it. And I pray that as they stand here, especially during this Halloween season, Lord, they can feel dangerous. God, they can jump into you in the room as they pray, as they, as they sing, as they dance, enjoy, God, the enemy cannot even be around them in the name of Jesus. So Father, right now, I ask you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, to bind the spirit of fear over anyone in this room and cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I ask you, Lord, to bless them with your peace, with your grace, and with your power. Lord, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and Jesus, self-discipline. We love you, God, and we thank you. In your heavenly name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.